0: This podcast episode was recorded on June 2nd, as our country is reeling from the murder of George Floyd and the protests and riots that have broken out in every single state, demanding justice and change. So I asked my longtime friend, Bruce Jones, to have an honest conversation with me about race. Since this is a podcast, for context, I'll tell you that Bruce is a black man and I am a white man. We're also releasing the Zoom video recording of our conversation on our website, which I'll link in the show notes below uh, for this episode if you'd like to watch as well as listen. I hope you'll lean in now as we listen and learn from Bruce. We are here today with a dear friend of mine, uh, a man that I respect who has been given wisdom Um, really beyond measure and Bruce Jones is a local leader in our community he has been for years you can tell a lot about uh, someone's character by the way they live their life and Bruce Jones has given his life to others for as long as I've known him and even before that he has invested in in our community Uh, he has invested in the youth and the children of this community and in families Uh, his his life speaks for himself, and uh, it is an honor and privilege to have Bruce with us. I've asked him to today just to just to talk with me, uh, friend to friend, because I think there needs to be some things said and, and, and some things addressed that, quite frankly, um, Bruce Bruce can address. And uh, so I want him to speak today. But before we do that, I want you to get to know Bruce um, just a little bit more. So, Bruce, thank you so much for being on Crossing the Line today. I really appreciate it, my friend. Yes, thank you. Thank you for asking me, Doc. Oh, yeah. Would you tell us just a little bit about you? Give us your history. Tell us
1: tell us about Bruce Jones. A little bit about Bruce Jones. Wow. Uh, you know, it's, it's easier for me to talk about somebody else and talk about <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a product of, of Lawrence County, Alabama, uh, Cortland, actually a little place called South Pike, uh, grew up on a farm. My mother actually worked as a housekeeper for a farmer. Uh, my dad, uh, I didn't live with him, but he passed when I was eight years old. He was killed by a drunk driver. So it was my mom for, for up until I was at least 13, 14 years old and she died of cancer we grew up poor. My mother didn't have an education. My dad, of course, he he didn't have one he, as well. So, you know, money and resources was limited. Uh, so I, I, I think people use food stamps now back in my day, Larry, we, we, we had, we called it commodity <laughs> <laughs> We used to get that box of commodity once a month. Mm. So that was big time for us. But, uh, you know, poverty was, was, what I grew up in and uh, I was, I guess if it wasn't for my athletic ability, I might've stayed in poverty cause I love sports and I could run fast and jump high and all that kind of stuff. And as a result, I was a good basketball, football player, baseball, you name it. So I was fortunate and out of high school to get a college scholarship to play football for the University of North Alabama. And that was the, the beginning of my road out of poverty because, uh, you know, I excelled on the football field and um, uh, was fortunate enough to get drafted to play for the Chicago Bears and and play for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a little while. Finished my degree uh, in social work mm. uh, at UNA, and then uh, after my years of UNA and my NFL career didn't last very long because I got injured. I uh, was able to get the job as the director of Decatur Services. And I did that for 25 years. And I actually retired probably about four months ago uh, from the KDU Services. Now I'm, I'm fortunate to work part-time with Eagle Center for Leadership. Mm. Uh, so went back and got my master's degree and now I'm working towards my counseling or PIP. So just continually to try to better myself, put myself in positions to, be able to help and make a difference, but yet, you know, enjoy what I do. And, uh, I've given my life as a servant, uh, um, I've served people for the majority of my life because I was poor and had depend on a lot of people for assistance and help along the way. I guess God gave me that opportunity to give back and to, uh, use my life and, what I went through to help other young people for sure to know that they also can come out of poverty or come out of difficult situations. So, uh, that in itself has been a blessing. So I'm a servant. I, 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 the three things that I try to make sure I do is speaking to people's lives, encourage them and build them up. So So that's what I've been doing. And that's what I continue to do. And, uh, you know, just now, just want to continue to be used by the Lord, of course, and then just whatever else he has me to do.
0: That's amazing bruce let me let me get this right. you grew up in rural Alabama um, as uh, with a single mom whose dad was killed earlier and my dad was killed your yeah your dad was killed so you you were raised and then your mom did your your mom uh she had
1: cancer right she died of cancer yes when I was about i i say thirteen, but I know I was going on at thirteen fourteen and so here's a a
0: young teenager uh no parents in poverty. And yet you you found a way to give yourself to others, to to grow up, to be this this person who invested and in, and changed lives through giving yourself away. How in the world, Bruce? What What is it that you could have been angry? You could have been bitter. You had every right. I mean, the system was against you. The, the odds were way against you. Um, but yet here you are saying, wait a minute. I was in poverty. My parents were, were gone. Um, and I chose to give my life to others. Help me with that.
1: Well, you know, uh I was angry. Um and and I had a temper back when I was younger. Now of course I didn't understand all the anger at that time, you know, but uh but I had an outlet and sports was my way of releasing my anger. You know, it was a it was it was legal. Uh I could, I could hit people hard on the football field. I hit a baseball hard or whatever. Uh, I used to box as well. So, I, I, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but those were my way of challenging my anger and getting my anger out. Uh, and those, it helped me, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. got older and, 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 and wiser, I understood my anger and what was going on then. I, it was up to me to manage and challenge it uh, at that point. But, you know, God gives us all gifts and talents, I believe that. And you have to figure out what yours is. And once you do, you can excel and be successful at whatever it is your endeavor. He gave me the gift of being fast and, and running and all that. And I used that on, on the sports field to deal with my anger, but it later gave me and also an opportunity for an education that I can actually now go and help people and, and, and use that education to make a difference in other people's lives. And mm. It's always been my passion. I've always had a caring heart and wanted to help people. And unfortunately, sometimes when you do lead with your heart, <laughs> it taken advantage of quite often. So I, I've also been uh, a victim to that, but you know uh, I still wouldn't change a thing you know because mm. that created me. So that's, that's what I've enjoyed. I've been able to give back being a servant leader and helping others.
0: What a beautiful example of of crossing that line from you having the skills and all that you can do and your athletic ability and and the skill you've gained from school, but yet crossing that line down to to really care about people with your heart, even when it hurts at times, even when you get taken advantage of. That's a a true example of a servant leader, Bruce. You you just you always you always amaze me. And I want to I want to talk to you. Uh, we, we have been in. Um, uh, incredibly difficult week uh, since Memorial Day and before we, we've yeah. seems like we've got this perfect storm brewing with um, you know with the COVID-19 and and the quarantine and all of those things that that, that we have endured as as a country and in the world and, and people have been kind of pent up and then with the the tragic and senseless death of George Floyd on Memorial Day um, his murder um, just seem to ignite, but I want, I want to hear your wisdom on that. And before I do though, in light of all that, I need to know about you. How are you, how are you doing? How am I doing?
1: Um, honestly, I manage Larry through times like this, through my relationship with, 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 with the Lord. I, uh, you know, during these times, a lot of people, well, I can't speak for a lot of people and speak for me during times like this you can get distracted and you can allow a lot of things to come into your circle. And a lot of those things are not good and healthy things. So I try to make sure that I've spent a lot of my times through prayer, through searching and and and, and Bible reading or just hearing ministry so that I don't allow it to overwhelm me, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't allow what I see to anger me to the point where I'm bitter, okay, um, and because what will that bitterness would turn into me looking at Larry and seeing a pale faced white brother, and me want to take out my anger, my frustration towards you, my pale face white brother, when you're not everybody who might be pale face and and whatever is not. Let me just use the word Caucasian. Everyone who's Caucasian is not our an enemy and everybody who who um, who looks different from us don't want to hurt us. But if you're not careful when things like this happen, it becomes to be internal, you, you, you look at it holistically, you think everybody's the same way, and now you are reacting and responding in ways that are not healthy. And so for me to make sure I don't get to that place, I have to stay in prayer, I have to stay focused, I have to meditate. I have to exercise, run. I do all those things to make sure I'm challenging my anger, my issues, my whatever I might be dealing with in a more positive, productive way. That's how I've been able to stay sane.
0: That, that's, a you know, it, it's just once again, back to who you are. And I know you so well. And, and, you know, the truth is a pale faced guy like me and to try to pretend like, I understand what you're going through. is just ridiculous, right. um, or even to make a judgment, or even to make an assumption of of what it is that that you are going through in a time like this is 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 ridiculous. And so, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a it's a it's a true lesson that we all have to learn. I don't know how you're dealing with this. I don't know what it feels like to to be in a system that you know, you fought against the system all your life and came out on top. There are a lot of people who, who haven't, and you've given your life to serve those people. I've watched you. I've watched you for years. And, and, and so Bruce, I I just, uh, I can't imagine inside of you um, when you, you know, when you walk through this, it takes, doesn't it take a a ton of discipline just to be able to do what you said, to, to, to get in the, the Bible, to, to think about positive, but isn't that
1: you just have to have that. Isn't that uh, very, very difficult? Well, it can be, but for me, I'm always looking at how, what am I going to look like on the other side? See, it's not mm. what I'm going through now I pray is temporary, but there's going to be another side to this. So who am I, what I look like, what have I done once I get to that other side? Well, that's going to be determined on what I'm doing in the process. How I'm handling it, how I'm challenging, it, how I'm meditating, what I'm, even what I talk about and who I talk about it to. Larry, I can't have this conversation with everybody because we may not be on the same level where we can dialogue in peace. We can dialogue with respect of what each other have to say, even if we disagree. Everybody don't have that willingness to do that. So I have to even manage who I communicate with about something like this. Wow. Because what we really need is dialogue. What we really need is to hear everybody's perspective, even if it's different. At least I heard your perspective. I see it. I may not agree with it, but at least I respect it. Well, we can't even get to that because we let anger, we, 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 we feel like, you know, revenge or somebody owe us something or whatever. You know, so if we're not careful, we will come out on the other side of this thing, bitter, angry, we've lost so much. We lost so much gain in our relation with each other as, as, as uh, Caucasian, African-American, and that's, we can't afford that. I can't afford that mm-hmm. because I got too many brothers that look like Larry. I got too many brothers that look like Hispanics or whomever. I don't wanna lose those friends. I know the value of having those people as my friend. So I have to watch how I manage all of this and how I process all of this and I do most of it through making sure I pray, I get in that Word, I stay focused on what I'm supposed to stay focused on. I even try to make sure this is where I am now. What do I want to look like, and where I want to be on the other side? So now, now I've got a goal and I got a plan.
0: Bruce, that is amazing uh, wisdom for for all of us, and and the fact that that you are disciplined enough to do that. You have a plan. What are we going to look like on the other side? Uh, it's just uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that that insight from from that vulnerability. And 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 you know, personally, I'm just glad you're doing that because I my brother, you know, uh, I know how big you are and I know how small I am. I'm sure what
1: would- <laughs> Well you know the other part of that, Larry, I don't I don't own a gun. I don't carry a gun and I don't probably ever will. <laughs> People see this big guy they're not gonna you know wrestle with me they got yeah. me so I better watch what I say what I do because I don't have a gun to defend me <laughs> <laughs> well
0: you know I love you so much we've been we've been friends a long long time but I, mm-hmm. I love your honesty and your and uh and your transparency so I want I want to walk down that road with you just a bit Bruce mm-hmm. um, teach us what do we need to know uh what is it what can we as Caucasians, as whatever Hispanics, as African American, what yeah. help help us, Bruce? What, what do we need to do in this time? Because quite mm-hmm. frankly, um, there are some there are some evil people. There's no doubt. Yeah. There's evil, sure. but there are some good people who just don't know what to do as well. Right. And and you know, so right. I want you really want you to speak to those people. I want you to speak to those who are saying, "What do we need to do,
1: Bruce? Help us." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and this is just one black man's perspective and opinion. So, you know, and they they vary and they differ. But, you know, I think I look at the riots. First of all, I look at what happened with uh, George Floyd. And horrendous, okay? Yes. No explanation. Yes. No explanation, okay? And I hope everybody, regardless of what they're looking at now, at least look at that situation and say that was not right. If we can all agree to that, I think we're good. Now let's take it further to the protest. Well, you know you were going to have protests, okay? It just it comes with it. The protest was about first of all, if you look at this thing, and 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 black people right now, we don't look at it isolation. Look at it in isolation. This happened over here. We look at it in totality. So if you look at the young man that was killed in Georgia, okay, that was shot. Uh, the young lady who was shot by police officers going and uh, who she was inside of her apartment now. Listen, I don't know all the information, but I'm just talking about the information that was presented to us by media and uh, whatever, social media, whatever. Okay, so you got that. Then you got this situation with Floyd where it's out there, it's plain. The guy's under the guy's neck. The officer is on the guy's neck and he's handcuffed. We're not seeing anything where he resisted. If he did, it was brief, not to the point where it warrant what happened. So, so, Larry, if you take all those situations, now we've got, it was already boiling. So now this keg just exploded. Now let's look at the riots, which I don't agree with, okay? But let's say you got these you got, first of all, folks who really take advantage of that. They're there just to take advantage of that for their own purpose. They probably care less about the march, okay? So you got some of those. But then you got others who probably joined in the looting who might have been the victims of police brutality, might have been some victims of harassment. You know, now, did they put themselves in a position to get some of that? Some of those guys did because I work with them. Let's take the, the ones who, who might have been victims of some of this police brutality. They took that as an opportunity. I'm gonna get back at y'all. I'm gonna, this is my time to show y'all what y'all do. You know? So either way, I'm not justifying it, but I'm telling you the possibilities of all the different things that was going on in the minds of these individuals who were doing that. How do we, and what should we do and something like this. First of all, we've got to make sure that people understand that I, as a black man, I am tired of feeling that to always be extra cautious just because I'm a target, I'm, I'm, I'm black. I also don't like the fact, Dr. Little, that I have to tell my son this is what you need to do to stay safe. Hmm. That's not right. I shouldn't have to tell my son that, who's a lost abiding citizen doing his thing, that when you get stopped, you put your hands on the steering wheel and, and once they give a command, you follow based on that. You don't have to tell your son that, Larry. Other, my Caucasian friends don't have to tell their sons and daughters that. Why should I have to tell mine that that's not right? Now, the, that's the kind of things that will anger people when they sit back and reflect on it and think about it. So then when you think about all that, and then when something happens, now you've given every reason and excuse for people to just lose it. And that's what people have done. They have lost it now because they're so frustrated and so tired. I'm not talking about the ones who are just criminals and that's what they take advantage of. Right. I'm talking about Good people who have gotten frustrated and tired because they're saying, why can't I be just like anybody else in this free America? Why do I have to be treated differently because my skin color is dark? If I don't warrant it, why should I be, you know, beaten or died if I don't, if it's not warranted? Why can't I tell you you're choking me? And you respect that, or you know, tell you so. That's part of the frustration. Now, how do we get to a place where we're not struggling with some of this, Larry? If we can't get to real, honest dialogue, like what you and I are doing right now, and not just you and I, it has to be people in political offices. That's right. People who are in leadership who are difference makers? who are policy makers, who, who, who can use the pen to make differences. These are the big people that we have to be in these dialogues and these conversations with. We have to hear each other. Mm. We, have to, we have to actively listen and hear each other to determine, yes, I see where you're coming from but we don't want to do that because sometimes when we start talking about this race thing, it becomes so tense. So everybody gets so afraid everybody gets, because I'm automatically you, for an example, you would automatically assume, Oh, you're going to, you're going to blame me. You, you're going to judge me. You're going to uh, accuse me. Okay. So now you are somewhat on the defensive, even before we get started. Well, I'm thinking that you're not going to, Uh, 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 have empathy for me, you're not gonna see it my way, or you just plain old racist, so you don't care anyway. So we have these preconceived judgments uh, uh, about each other before we even go into the conversation, instead of going into it with an open mind to really hear, to really listen, and see where can we compromise? And that's what we gotta do, it's a compromise. I I don't need it to be totally my way, You can't continue to let, it has to be that compromise where we can agree on some things that we can do differently. And it might be implementing of some laws, it might be some different policies. It might have to be some things that that are drastic or whatever, but it has to happen. But it can't happen until we have these dialogues.
0: Bruce, I have a question for you. Um, Brilliant, I mean, a brilliant response. It, it, but it, it appears that, like you said, there are people on both sides who are on the extremes, you know, they're the, they're just the mm-hmm. out and out racists. They're the out and out, you know, people that are, that are the criminals, whatever, yeah. whatever they are on both sides, whatever you right. want to, right. But, but there's a lot of people that aren't on the edge. There's, there are a lot of people who are, and I say on the edge, on these, on the outside, they're, they're kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, and Bruce, isn't there a way that we could bring people who want to do what you've talked about? Uh, who say, you know, this makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's it's not all or none here. Let's come together and come up with a comp. Let's. Tr- I love what you said. Let's truly listen to each other. What keeps that from happening? From people who are not extremists, mm-hmm. um, but who are wanting something. What 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 is it that keeps us from doing what we're doing today?
1: Well, you know, I don't want to make it sound like a cliche and something that you've heard over and over again, but you know, for evil to triumph is for good men and women to do nothing. Mm, that's we good. have decided that's good. to do nothing because we either think it doesn't matter or it won't do any good. So us good folks that you're describing right now, that's where we are. We're over here on the fence saying it really don't matter or it's not gonna make a difference or it ain't my, it's not my fight, you know? And we've gotta come off the fence. we've got to come, we've got to get in the middle of this thing and say, you know what, I do want to make a difference. I I, I do want to see if I can be a part of that change. And now if you look at even with the protest, that was black people, white people, Hispanic people, that was all ethnic groups that was this thing. Okay. So there are some people that are already realizing we've got to come together on this thing. But now let's get to people who can make the policy changes. Let's get the people who can really impact this by, you know, signing a piece of paper or whatever the case might be. We've got to get those people involved, Larry. And sometimes they are the ones who sit back and do nothing, or when something happens, then they have their comments and their thoughts, but then they go back to status quo, and then nothing ever changes, you know? And that's something that I have determined through this COVID situation where we've had all this isolation, I've been spending my time, you know, through prayer and just a lot of other things. I've said, I don't want to go back to that person I was before this. Mm. This happened for a reason. Let me benefit from this. Let me not do what I was doing before this because it happened. There needs to be a change even in me. So whatever that change in me might affect somebody else changing. So the thing is, even with this situation, when this thing dies down, and it will, what have you learned, what have you gained that will make you a better person from this, a wiser person to do something different from this? If you can't come up with anything and you're just gonna let yourself go back, well then that death was in vain, all the, the looting and the burning of buildings, all of that was in vain. We gotta stop letting things be in vain and make a, make sure that when it's all said and done now, how can we better ourselves? How can we better this What can we learn from this, and what will we not go back? It goes back to that dialogue. It goes back to us talking.
0: You know, you make you make such such good sense, Bruce. And I think I think as we look at this and and we walk away from this senseless tragedy, um, and and we don't recognize something you said, and I think that that we all need to hear is this is not the tragedy is horrible, and and I have no idea how how mr. Floyd's family's dealing with this I can't imagine uh, but it's not a, an isolated event this is a systemic right. issue and yes. we have to take a systemic solution to, yes. to in order to get to get where we need to be right and exactly so, so that dialogue you talk about uh, what what do you want to happen speak to that a little bit more in terms of what kind of dialogue can you envision and let's talk about it in, in a little bit more specific terms if you
1: can okay what's Check this out, even when you called me earlier to talk about doing this, I was in dialogue with a uh, Caucasian friend of mine, uh, well I say friend, teammate out at that, where I do my part-time work, and we were actually having this very same conversation, okay? Okay. Her mind was open to hear what I had to say, I was open to hear what she had to say, and we had some good dialogue, now, She's not a pin pusher, she can't make no policy, she can't whatever, but at least she can listen. So I was telling her, now what you can do to benefit, based on our conversations, you need to have the same conversation with somebody who don't think and believe the way you think and believe, okay? You tell a few of your friends about our conversation, hopefully that can help change some of their thinking, and now more people are hearing these conversations they're more open to listen, and then that's how we make the change. But Larry, what about getting our council people? What about getting our mayors? What about getting our representatives? Mm. Will they have these kind of conversations, Larry, or will they be too afraid that they might alienate some of their white uh, patri- uh, 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 voters who might say, well, you, 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 you're you, too much to help the black folks or minorities? So, you know, you or because honestly, we're still there. That's a big part of this. We don't want to just step out, especially when we're in those political uh, situations and uh, having those political office. A lot of times, either we actually feel the same way that that people feel who might, you know, have some racism going on Mm -hmm. or too afraid to speak against it because we're afraid we might lose some votes. So now we gotta play that juggling act of, you know, well, I gotta play this balance. Well, yeah, I understand you gotta make sure that you are, uh, that you're respecting all sides, but it doesn't mean you don't listen. It doesn't, you don't have the conversation because the conversation will help you to understand actually where we're coming from and what we're really asking for. And it may not be what you think it is, but when we're afraid to even do that, to come together in this political arena In this policy-making arena, we're not going to get very far from that. Now, some people say, "Well, you can't legislate morality." I'm not talking about legislate morality. I'm saying people who are in positions and leadership coming together, talking about your plant managers, your super, all those folks that have anything to do with uh, equality for employment, uh, all that. Those are the kind of people that we've got to have these conversations with because they make a difference, okay, in how the job market is and how many who who gets the job, who doesn't get the job. We don't have these conversations with the right people, with the right player. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to be somewhat controversial, not from a, ooh, but a lot of people don't want to look at this this way. And I need somebody to tell me why I'm wrong on it, okay? Okay. Now, as a believer. Now I'm speaking as a believer now, okay? There was two people that God created. He created the man, then he created the woman. He created the woman from the man. Those two people supposed to have according to that to my belief started the race. Okay? If those two people started the race, how many races Are there? Mm, That's right. Why are we stuck on this black race, white race, Hispanic race, whatever? If you are a believer, it's one race. Mm. Are an ethnic from the Caucasian lineage? I'm an ethnic person from the uh, black or uh, we'll say black ethnicity. Hispanic from is if we look at things where you got these ethnic groups, okay, here over there. And then they got their different cultures. And the cultures could don't necessarily have to be that. because if you hang around with me, you start doing a lot of stuff that I do. Guess what? You're part of my culture now. <laughs> we are so caught up in the race thing. The race word is divisive. Hmm. If I can keep you divided, if I can keep you thinking that I'm superior and you're lower than me, that because of my skin tone, my race is more uh, Powerful and whatever now I keep control. I keep dominance So I'm gonna keep things as it is because I'm not losing that control. I'm not losing that power Mm. Race words sometimes help with that mindset when we can let go of some of that verbiage and just say ethnicity and cultures matter of fact, even when you say it like that ethnic groups or culture in versus race, race just curves a totally different meaning than ethnicity and cultures and things like that. These are the kind of conversation we gotta have in order for me for me to see this uh, systemic changes, to see people really beginning to look at people differently. It's You've gotta also look at some of the words and what words need to be changed.
0: You know, Bruce, you said something that, um, that really stuck with me and when you, you talked about You know, we all came from, from two people, Adam and Eve, right? Right. And when we, we really, when we start talking about race, and then you said power and control, it's really arrogant. It's really narcissistic to think um, my race is, is superior to your race or my, it really is because we all came from, if you're a believer uh, believer. and and perhaps you're not. And, and there, there are many who listen to this that aren't and and I respect that and you do too, but exactly. But if we believe, especially as followers of Jesus, that we all came from, from you know, Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. how, how dare us think that, that, you know, our race, our skin color, um, you know, as, as someone said, if, if you, you know, if you cut yourself, you bleed red. If I cut myself, I bleed red. That's the way God made us. That's brilliant, Bruce. That, that's, yeah. a great, that's a great takeaway. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Help us again. You now have a platform, and let's say, and, and you well may but you have a platform with the Alabama state uh, legislative body. You have the opportunity to tell them what you want to tell them to help them to hear what they need to hear. Um, And included in that, we'll say our governor is, is, is listening in as well. The legislative body, the Senate, our governor to the state of Alabama. We'll start there. What are you going to say?
1: Wow. First of all, thank you for giving me, your audience, giving me your ear. And I, I, I pray that you, will act, you are here to actively listen, okay? Now, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not looking for reparation at this point. I'm not looking for none of that. What I'm looking for is for you to take a look at what is going on in our community. The black community, the Caucasian community, look at it in our schools, look at it in our employment opportunities, our universities, look at all of those things. And you tell me, do you not see some disparities? Now, I'm not asking you, I'm not for, I'm just saying, look at it open-mindedly and see if you see any disparities. If you don't, then we don't need to have this conversation and everything is fine. But if you see some and they're obvious, hmm we talk about it? Can we talk about why it's that way and the import, and, and the importance of changing it? Because it's not fair. So that would be something that I, I, that would be something that, and that's not me trying to throw stone. That's just me telling you, you look, you got the same lenses. Now, we tend to look at things with different lens, but let's look at this this situation and just see. Is there some disparities? Is, matter of fact, I'll tell you, I'll I'll go local, I'll say, look at the city of Decatur's uh, educational achievement. Look at the minorities, and look at the Caucasians, um, and look at the disparity. Now, we can say, well, it's just because uh, white people are just much, much smarter than black people. Uh, you know, you're going to have some who are, you're going to have some who are not. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right. To that degree, eh, there's something wrong. What did you think is wrong? So that's the kind of conversation we got to have. And people got to be open and honestly listening to say, and, and, and not feel that, that they're the blame and not feel that I'm angry at you. I'm not. I just want you to look at this and see what I see. And now let's talk about how we can change it.
0: Beautifully said. Bruce and I, and I would suppose and you you tell me if I'm wrong if you take the opportunity and you had the opportunity to be at the next level of our government in the federal branch um, I'm assuming that the representatives the Senate the executive office the president you would have much the same uh, message uh, on a on a more on a larger scale on a more holistic same scale. message yeah and this is not a message that what I'm hearing from you and you fix this from me. But what I'm hearing is this is not necessarily a message. Are there, are there bad cops? Yes. Are there good cops? Yes. But this is a bigger issue than police bigger issue. Well, that's an issue. We yeah. validate that. No, it is. There, there are other things. Am I right?:
1: Right. And if there are so many different factors and so many different layers of this thing, Larry, that sometimes we get the real message lost in the translation, because it is so big and broad. So my thing is how we begin to narrow it down and bring it to some kind of focus where we can really chew on it, okay, is let's take what is the reality of, of what's going on in our world. Let's look at the disparities. Let's look at the inequality. That look. Let's look at the difference in black males being killed, white males. Now, unless you want to tell me that White males never resist. White males never um, run. White males never do all the other things for them to get killed. Then, well, then we don't have a conversation once again because it's because black folks resist, black folks run, and white people don't. No, Does that sound I, logical.
0: No, not at all.
1: So it's honestly looking at those types of things to me, Larry, and just having those conversations about it now. As black people, let's take some ownership and responsibility as well. What are we doing and what have we done to put ourselves in some of these positions? Well, trust me, we are doing a little bit on our end as well, or not doing the things we need to do on our end as well. So just like I need the the Caucasian brothers and sisters to be open-minded, to hear what, what I gotta say. I also gotta have my black brothers and sisters to be open-minded here too, because we don't wanna hear certain things that we need to hear, Larry, that we are doing that's creating some of our issues as well. We are doing some things that we don't need to do that we need to do differently. So it's it's, it's accountability on everybody's part. And we gotta have that honest conversation where you, as, as my white friend might say "Well, Bruce, you don't think that you doing this and doing that might create that? And I say, well, you know what? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, that probably do create some problems for me. And then I've got to be able to accept that and stop and not feel that, oh, you, you're condemning me, judging me, you're just being whatever. It's that open, honest conversation. And I mean, it has to be with that. And I keep emphasizing that open, honest, listening with open mind and conversation but that's what I would so that same message that I'm giving on the local I would give it on the state I would give it on the federal because it's it's the same thing we got the it's the same issues
0: and I hope that you'll have the opportunity to share that that would be amazing I have a hard question for you okay Uh, so as I look at it and and you're right everybody has different lenses um and and the protests that are going on are valid and and they're they're in the daytime. They're respectful. There are these people who you said, you know, the diversity is there. The age difference is there. There are all types yes. of people saying, you know, we we protest this and we want this voice, our voice to be heard and this to change. And, and that is that's what's America. I mean, that's that's what we're founded on. Mm-hmm. But at night when it turns violent, isn't that hurting the very
1: cause these protesters are spending their time and energy about? Help us with that. And I haven't looked at this close enough to really look at the the, the, the people that from the daytime to the nighttime, but well, Larry, I guarantee you that many of those folks who are coming out at the nighttime are different from those who are marching in the right. day. Right. Okay. I truly believe, and I'm not going to give these guys a name. I don't, you know, they don't, uh, federal, I mean, the, from the white house and whatever, they don't called it a certain Antifa or whatever. I don't know enough about that. What I do know is that there's plenty of people who look for opportunities like this to take advantage of something that could be more beneficial if we just, you know, stay peaceful, say whatever. There, they there's many of them are criminals, many of them they, they they plan these things, they organize these things, and it hurts the cause. It hurts what we really are trying to accomplish. Now, let's say that there is a moment of the vandalism, the moment, and notice what I use the word carefully, larry I said moment, the moment for the vandalism is when you stop listening to me and I have no other options. Because I know you don't want your building burned, you don't want to lose money, you don't wanna, that, that's too much. So if I take that approach, if I get to that level where I've got a, oh shucks, you're still with me. Okay. Uh, okay, here we go. Thank you. Sorry about that. I, I got too passionate, man, and I hit something over here. <laughs> I love it. I love you. Uh, go ahead. Anyway, so if I get to a point where I'm beginning to affect you financially, uh, even uh, 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 safety-wise or whatever, you're going to listen to me. You're going to hear what I got to say. And that... And I think Dr. King even made that statement. And I, I can't put it eloquent, as eloquent as he did it. But his statement was something along the lines of when the people that have a voice and that voice is not being heard, and the next step that you will see is the vandalism, the loot, whatever. And yeah. he's not justifying it, and I'm not justifying it. It, it, it. It's not good. We don't need to do that. But that's where people just felt like they're not being heard. And then the other group are just opportunists. They're criminals. They're trying to take advantage of a situation. And unfortunately, that's said They could probably care less about George Floyd. They are more interested in what can I do and how can this benefit me for this for this moment? So, And so if we are going to vandalize, if we are going to do that, that's for a moment. That's not every night we can't plan to go vandalize every night that's that's a criminal act okay so it's just it's gone that part has gone too far and we've got to pull it back
0: yeah i think i think you've nailed it and 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 in their hurt you know those that are hurt and those that are angry they end up hurting their own communities their own cells and of course you have the others that don't really care they're taking advantage and and looting and that kind of thing and i get that but that that really is helpful so, Bruce, what I've heard you say is if we, we want to do something, we talk, we have dialogue, we understand, but then we take that to people who are just like us, our own color, our own culture, whatever you want to call that, our own ethnicity. And we have those hard conversations about, wait a minute, let's, because we have the most, you have the most influence with people that are within your, your community. Am I right? I mean, exactly. You have yeah. way more influence yeah. than I would. And right. so we have to go to the people with
1: whom we have influence and have these, these hard conversations. Is that what you're challenging us to do? That's that, that is my challenge. That's what I challenged my, my friend earlier today. And that's what I would challenge anyone. Now, and, and not necessarily the like-minded people that already think like you, but it's those who have made it up in their mind that they think differently, even if it's environmental, if it was that's the way my daddy thought, that was the way his daddy thought, and that's the way I'm thinking. Well, you know, that goes back to the woman who 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 uh, kept cutting the, the part of the ends off on the, on the ham. You know? That's right. It was a generational thing. Well, mama, my mama did it, her mama did it, so I do it. Well, does it make the ham taste better? No, it don't make the ham taste better. Your mama did it because back then, she didn't have a big enough pan and it wouldn't fit into the oven. That's right. She did it. So we gotta stop thinking that, you know, we. I'm doing it. No, why are we doing it? So it's just conversation. We. Let's have some more conversations.
0: Let's do it. Bruce, you, you have been amazing today. You always teach me, my brother, and you've taught me again today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you doing this and being vulnerable, open, uh, honest, challenging. Uh, you are amazing. Now I know why um, I've loved you for so long. So thank you, my friend.
1: Well, well, it, a lot of who I am today, believe it or not, have something to do with, with Dr. Larry Little, too because many, many years ago he spoke into my life <laughs> and I never forgot what he spoke into my life and it's amazing that those things that he told me I needed to do and what he would do as a result of me doing what I needed to do, it's, it, happen, it happened. Absolutely, so, thank you brother, I appreciate you. That's why I don't have time to be caught up into disliking my mm-hmm. Caucasian brothers and sisters because of whatever. I ain't got time for that. Mm. I, you, you bring something into my life if I, if I allow you. I can bring something into your life if you allow me. Yeah. And you think I'm going to miss the opportunity and the chance for that? No, sir. But that's what happens when we decide, well, you look different from me, so you have nothing to offer me. I just told you what you offered me, and thank you for letting me give you something back in return.
0: Oh, what a what a what a blessing! you're a jewel, Bruce Jones, and I, I can't thank you enough. And I look forward to us working together to make a difference in the lives of others. Thank you for crossing the line today, um, and you have you know that you have made a difference. Take care, my friend. Thank you. Talk to you later. What an insightful and strong message from my dear friend Bruce Jones. I know that I'm going to take his challenge and. And I'm going to begin to have that dialogue with those who are in my circle of influence, those that I love, those that I care about, my friends. Because the truth is, when we begin to to realize what we can do and we choose to do something, we can make a difference. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Crossing the Line.